forward now. You're listening to the Millionaire's Roundtable. I am your host, Lynn Richardson, here on KBLA Talk 1580. And we are creating millionaires, one family at a time, one day at a time, one dollar at a time, and one dime at a time. And that means you. Okay, so uh, we have had some time to learn a few things. We've had some time to reflect on uh, what it's going to take to get to the next level financially. Uh, But what I want to do today is I just want to provide you with a checklist. Um, This is going to be um, basically a blueprint for everything that we're going to discuss over the next month, week, year, decade, or whatever. Um, The items on this checklist are the things that you need to get to the next level financially. You will have to revisit several uh, pieces or several items on the checklist multiple times. You will need to uh, uh, re-ignite. You will need to uh, renew your subscription, if you will. Um, You know, every time you think about what it takes to get to your money, get your money to the next level, you need to think about it as a subscription. The Bible says um, that we are to renew our minds. And I say renew our minds um, in the same vein that I say renew a subscription. At the end of the year, your subscription is over. You have to pay money again in order to subscribe. You may find that there are new benefits. You may find that there are new resources or whatever it may be, but we do have to renew. So this checklist Uh, It's not going to be something that you can accomplish today, okay? There are going to be pieces of the checklist that you may get in place before the other pieces. So there really is no particular order to this checklist. However, if you are completely starting over, if you are at the bottom trying to look up, trying to get up, then I would suggest that you take these things in the order that I am giving them to you. But let me repeat once again, this checklist These items can happen in any order as long as you have one of the foundational pieces of the checklist in place. So we are talking about the checklist uh, for your life, the checklist for your money, the checklist for your whole entire next level. And it starts with this. You've heard me say it before, but I have to repeat it again. And I'm going to share it with you in a different way. Number one, you have to spend less money. If you spend more money than you make, you will not win. If you do not plan to spend less money than you make, you will not win. If you spend as much money as you make, you cannot win the money game. So if you bring in $3,000 a month and you spend $5,000, You are living from check to Monday or even possibly from check to two o'clock. Okay. I remember when I first wrote the book, uh, I talked about living check to Monday and everybody thought it was so clever. And then one of my callers, you know, called in and said, Lynn, what about check to two (laughs) o'clock? I said, now, wait a minute. I didn't even ask you to say that because I was trying to keep that on a down low. Check to two o'clock is when you get paid in the morning. When you wake up, your check is there, but by two o'clock it is gone. And then one of my callers said, Well, what about check to yesterday? Yes, I have lived that too. That means before you get paid, you were broke. And after you get paid, you were still broke because your bank allows you to have NSFs. Yes, I've been there and I've done that too. I've been able to overdraw my account so much so that by the time I got a check, 
it still did not bring me out of the negative. So the lesson here, number one, spend less money. And it has to be a plan. It has to be something that you think about. You can't just wake up on payday on the 1st, the 15th, every other Friday, every other Wednesday, every other Monday, whenever you get paid. You can't just wake up and think, I'm going to do something different with my paycheck today. No, you actually have to plan it. You have to look out for people. You have to look out for those folks who are going to induce you to spend money you don't have, like your children. <laughs> your children. I remember speaking at an event once, and a lady got up, and she was so, uh, you know, she was just so kind and nice. And she was really trying to figure out what to do about her money. And the very first thing she said, well, Lynn, I'm trying to get it together. I, I, I know what to do, but I just can't stick to it. And then she started talking about her kids. I said, lady, I said, sister, I said, let's hold on for a minute. I said, first of all, kids are evil, okay? And everybody in the room laughed because they knew what I was talking about. Kids want what they want. You cannot be financially free trying to please your children. You cannot be financially free trying to... Uh, acquiesce to every whim that they have. You will not be financially free if you don't teach your children the importance of financial freedom. One of the best lessons that I have gotten on this path has come from my sister, uh, my soror. My, she is the legend. When I started working with her, I started running a major initiative for my sorority and she, I called her the legend and I was the youngin because she had paved the way and so I was going to come in and do the work. Well, she and her husband are financially free. Um, they've raised two wonderful children, a, a boy and a girl who are now a man and a woman. And she told her children this. It was very simple. You are going to college for free. We're not paying for that. So her oldest son, her, her son went to an HBCU and then he went on to Stanford to get his um, medical degree in immuno immunology or something like that. Her daughter also went to an HBCU and then she went on to Emory University to get her graduate degree. So the point is, even though she had the money to spend, she chose not to spend it. Instead, she had a plan and it included uh, the things that her children were gonna have to adhere to in order to be a part of this financially free family. So you must spend less money and you must plan on it. In this, you must track your spending. So I am uh, going into a new season. It's called Marching Orders. I do it every single year. You can do it any time of the year, but of course I'm going to commence on March. But during this time, we are marching towards everything we want, we believe. I'll tell you what it really means spiritually and numerologically and all of those things. But we are getting to the next level and we are not going to quit. So you got to track your spending. I'm talking every single dime that you spend. I want you to write it and I want you to look at it because the harvest is here. The time is now. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Welcome forward. Now, this is the Millionaire's Roundtable here on KBLA Talk 1580, and this is Lynn Richardson, and we are creating millionaires one family at a time, one day at a time, one dollar at a time, and one dime at a time, and that means you. 
Okay, so number one on the checklist, uh, I'm calling this the checklist for life, but it really is the stair steps to wealth. Okay, these are the stair steps to wealth. You can take one at a time or you can take a few at a time. It's all up to you. Um, sometimes if you are, you know, having a slower day, you just take one step at a time. If you are in a hurry or you're just feeling mighty, then you might take two or even three steps at a time. All right, so you can take these stair steps. Um, remember that they are in no particular order. However, if you are starting all over and you are saying to yourself, I want a revolution in my finances. I need a revelation to get to the revolution in my finances. Then this is the order or these are the items that I recommend that you put in place first. So number one, spend less money. You absolutely must do that. Money is not emotional. We are. Money is exact. It's factual. It's scientific. It's actually very reliable because money tells you this is what I am. I will be no more and I will be no less. What you do with me is up to you. Okay, so that's what money says. So remember, money is an exact science. It's not like people who are fickle. It's not like the weather. You don't know if it's going to rain, snow. Uh, let me tell you, I'm from Chicago. And honey, I remember one year uh, it snowed in May. Uh, Prince had a song, Sometimes It Snows in April. Well, guess what? It snowed in May. Uh, for the junior prom or the senior prom, I don't remember. Uh, it was one of those things, but you never know what's going to happen there. Um, but math is factual. If you have $200, it's going to be $200 when you start. And hopefully when you finish, you will have done something with the $200 that gives you the ability to operate in power. Whether it's $200, $2,000, $20,000, or $200,000. It is what it is. Spend less of it if you want to be financially free. If you can master that, you can master anything. You know, one of the things of uh, that I see or one of the... Uh, you know, characteristics of millionaires is uh, we can spend and buy whatever we want, but we typically don't. Um, now, I know that there are stories of celebrities and entertainers who go out and they buy 16 cars, three, four, five houses. I am not talking about that. I know that there are people who are operating um, in a space where they want to show uh, what they have and they believe that buying these things is going to give them peace and solace. But I've never met anyone. And I know lots of people who are um, wealthy. I've never met anyone who gets peace and solace from having multiple material things. I've never met anyone who gets peace and solace when they have material illness. Uh, my good friend Russell Simmons says material illness is what you have. When a material thing's presence gives you pleasure and its absence gives you pain, okay? So the material thing, you like it, it gives you pleasure, but if its absence gives you pain, then there's something wrong with that. It was like when I gave up my Lexus in bankruptcy. I loved the Lexus, but when I let it go, I didn't feel any less. I didn't feel like I was missing something. I was good with the fact that I had let go of the debt and I knew that I could go and get another car like that if I wanted to, when I was ready and when it was possible for me. So we're spending less money. We are getting rid of material illness. We are tracking every single thing that we spend. Number two on this checklist, you've heard me say this, is to get more money, multiple streams of income. Uh, if you are going to spend your time, let me tell you something I did not do when I was trying to get my money straight. I did not chit chat on the phone with random people. 
and that included family members. Um, if you want to talk to me, I need you to text me so I can see what it is you want. And then I can decide if I'm going to call you back. And when I do call you back, I'm going to give you my undivided attention. But while I am grinding, while I am growing my businesses, while I'm in my creative mode, while I am doing what I have to do, um, I am not um, chit-chat on the phone with random people. Now, if I'm going to, quote-unquote, waste time, then I'm going to, quote-unquote, waste time trying to figure out another stream of income. What has God given me? What do I do well? What are my gifts, my talents, and so on and so forth? It's all the things that I teach in the Entrepreneur's Academy and also in my class, How to Start a Home-Based Business in New Wealth University. So if I'm going to just sit around uh, doodling, I'm going to doodle on some more income, okay? And not because I'm money hungry. Let me explain this, everybody. This is not about being money hungry. This is about doing what you have to do to sustain, first of all, a way of life, to build wealth, and to be able to pass that wealth on to generations. Now, the story that we were told when we grew up, go to school, get a good education, get a good job. Y'all know Grandma B told me to wear clean underwear and all that other kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, that's in there if a big mama is telling you what to do. But that, that uh, uh, you know, story, that scenario did not work out for most people. There are many people who went to school and cannot get a good job cannot get a job that uh, supplies enough income for them to pay their bills, their rent, light, gas, telephone bill, utilities, car note, send their children to daycare or after school programs. There are simply too many people who are walking around who have done that and still don't have it. And then for those of us who got an education beyond high school, um, again, there is a system that has been put in place wherein young people are going to school, getting into debt, and they're leaving college with a mortgage but no house. They're leaving college with, um, you know, a big mortgage and, and a, sometimes a mansion-sized mortgage and no house because when you owe $150,000 in student loans, that's a mortgage. When you owe $300,000, when you owe all this money in student loans, that is a house, okay? So uh, we've got people going to school and still graduating and not earning enough income to sustain themselves. So go to school, get a good education, get a good job. But what I'm saying to you is add on to that. Um, it's been passed down to us. Create more jobs. It is your job to find other ways to create other jobs for other people, which will supply an income stream to you and services and or goods to them. So everybody needs a home-based business. Everybody needs multiple streams of income. If you are a doctor, then you need a class you can teach. You need a book that you can write. You need a seminar that you can sell. You need a workshop that you can conduct. You need a, 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 a annual event. Um, where you can share your knowledge with others. If you are a teacher, um, you can be a tutor. You can provide other services. If you work in human resources, you can help people with their resumes. You can help them get interviews. Um, multiple streams of income is the name of the game. Okay? And I'm going to talk to you about the four kinds of income. 
Now, the one kind of income that many of us have, but you don't want to stay stuck in, you don't want to stay in the income area where you exchange time for money. That's when you go work at a job for eight hours or however long you work, and only if you work those hours do you get paid. Now, do we all need jobs? Yes. Am I telling you to quit your job? No. Do not quit your job, okay? All I'm saying is, if that's your only job, then you've still got some work to do, okay? So the harvest is here. The time is now. This is the Millionaire's Roundtable, and we are uh, embarking on this Stair Steps to Wealth journey. And guess what? We can do it. The harvest is here. The time is now, and it, you must oil that business engine. And uh, one of the reasons why you want to oil that engine, because the engine of your business is going to basically provide all of your ideas, intellectual property, product, service, and resources with the ability to generate sales and revenue so that you can have a profit. And the number one way to get a profit, to have more money um, above and beyond your expenses, your emergency needs, and your taxes, is to get your money back. So how can you get your money back? If you're in business, you're gonna spend money on certain things and you wanna know what those things are and you wanna know the rules about those things. Learn the rules of the game and then play the game by the rules. Now, let me just say this to you. If your tax preparer is telling you you can't do these things, I'm going to tell you right now, they're not telling you the truth. The IRS tax code is over 70,000 pages long and there are basic rules for every single thing that I'm going to say to you. So this is not what Lynn said. This is what the IRS said and I'm going to lead you there. So one of the number one ways to get your money back is to take a look at your vehicle deductions. Can anybody say gas prices? Come on now. If you are spending too much money at the pump, guess what? Drive for business so you can get your money back. When you drive from your house to your job, you don't get that money back. But if you are an independent contractor, a sole proprietor, have your own business, a home-based business, now, this is not driving from your house to your office building that you own as a business. You don't get any deductions from that. This means your primary business operations are out of your house. Now, you may say, well, Lynn, I drive for Uber, so I'm on the road. Well, if you are an Uber driver or any other kind of worker who has to actually do the function of your business outside your home, what the IRS is looking for is that the administrative portion of your business takes place in the house. So you get prepared, you look at your accounting, you, uh, you know, detail your schedule, you do all that from home. So it is a home-based business, even though you have to go get in the car and deliver, all right? If your business has another location, that's not a home-based business, and this particular rule does not apply. When you have a home-based business and you leave your house and you drive for business, any place you drive for business is now eligible to be a tax write-off. You either get to write off the mileage or the expenses associated with that trip. It is all uh, commensurate with the amount of business miles that you drive per year. So if you drive 10,000 miles per year and 5,000 of them are for business, that's 50% of the usage for business, then 50% of your expenses, 50% of your gas, 50% of your registration, 50% of your engine, your oil change, 50% of all of that stuff is now gonna be a tax write-off. This is huge. 
This is huge because if you're spending $500 a month on gas, that means if you're driving for business um, 50% of the time, then that's $250 a month. That's $1,000 every four four months, okay? Um, And that's $3,000 for the year. Now, $3,000 is $3,000, and I'm using small numbers. So your vehicle deductions, you are either going to write off the expenses or the mileage, okay? You're going to write off the expenses or the mileage. If you were driving that car for business last year and you wrote off the mileage, then you're going to also have to write off the mileage again this year, all right? So you want to talk to your tax preparer or you want to Google IRS vehicle deductions. Pull up the schedule associated with this particular deduction and read it. All right. So when your tax preparer tells you you can't do it, you're going to actually go find the knowledge that proves that you can or you can enroll in classes at New Wealth University because I've been training with uh, my tax coach who was an IRS. um, He was an IRS uh, trainer. He's an attorney and a CPA who used to work for the IRS and trained all the auditors. And now all he does is train folks like you and I. So you can go there and um, you can get that information. Um, The next area where you want to make sure you're getting your tax write-offs. I've already, I've, uh, tax write-off, I've already mentioned it in those meals, okay? I don't go out to eat for, for personal reasons, ever. I always go out to eat for business reasons. Every time I go out to eat, it's to discuss business. Now, I'm in the business of money, and it's always appropriate because everybody needs some <laughs> or trying to get some more. Uh, so it's a topic that always comes up. So I always schedule all of my meals when I go out to eat with people, those are always business meals, okay? So you can get that money back as well. I'm telling you, the harvest is here and the time is now and it's time for you to oil that business engine. Yes, the harvest is here, the time is now. That is still the case because I want you to know it, see it, receive it and believe it. And you have to oil your business engine And uh, ultimately, one way to get the profit that you need is to get the money back. So we're talking about um, ways that you can do that. I talked about meals. Um, Here's something else I want to say about meals. You used to be able to write off 50% of your meals. But because of the pandemic, because of the pandemic, when the CARES Act was put into place, you're able to write off 100% of the meal if the meal is at a restaurant or it's takeout from a restaurant. Remember I said businesses are the uh, engine of the economy. A car without an engine cannot drive and an economy without a business cannot thrive. So the government wanted us to start to make the restaurant industry thrive. And so that was the incentive um, to you know go to a restaurant. And if you do that and you discuss business, you get to write off 100% of that meal. So that's extremely important. All right. That's due to the CARES Act. Check with your tax preparer for the expiration date on that. Here's something else. Now, let me just say this. Uh, If you are in business with your spouse, eating out with your spouse does not qualify. Uh, The IRS is not funding date night. All right. So if you go out to eat with your spouse, it does not matter. You could have the biggest business in the galaxy. Um, That is not a tax write off. In order for it to be a tax write off, you and your spouse have to be at that meal with another third party. Uh, And I would say, make sure it's more than one person. All right. So if you and your uh, spouse are in business and you do real estate or you do sales or whatever it is that you do, and you're meeting with a potential client, a potential referral partner, or someone who is a contractor or a vendor, um, then that becomes a write-off. So you want to be very, very careful 
about that. And um, you don't want to try to play games, all right? I say learn the rules of the game and play the game by the rules. It's very important for you to know that. Now, with all these expenses, you must know who, what, when, where, why, and how much. I said all of that before, but I'm going to say it again. Document everything. Here's another way to get your money back so that ultimately in oiling that engine, which the purpose of that is to fuel your ideas, products, services, so that they create sales and revenue, so that after that sales and revenue, after your expenses, your emergency needs, and your taxes, you've got a profit, all right? And the number one way to get a profit is to have less money going out or to have more money coming back in. And this is one way to get the money coming back in. The third area, uh, again, this is something that every last one of us if you're in business, um, you either have or should have, um, or you're already doing. So most of us are driving, most of us are eating. I don't know too many people who aren't doing either or both of those things. Here's, a, here's the other thing, your home office. You want to take advantage of the home office deduction because if you do that, now you're gonna get back a portion of your rent, your light bill, your gas bill, your telephone bill, all these things. It's very important. It's a lot of money. When you start to add up, because you might say it's just, it's just $10, it's just $20, it's just $30. When you add up all the it's just, your wealth is lying there. So not only do you get to write off your computer and everything that you bought for that home office, but also your utilities and household expenses as well. This is good. It's time to oil that engine. The harvest is here and the time is now. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. Okay, the harvest is here. The time is now. We've been talking about oiling the business engine, um, the personality of an entrepreneur, um, and also the business anatomy. And all of these things work together uh, for your good. The Bible says all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Well, let me tell you something. All these pieces work together um, in your business um, to make your business prosper and grow. So let me just say a couple of more things about the home office. If you want the home office deduction, that space must be used exclusively for business. You cannot use your home office as a business Monday through Friday and a place to sleep for your guests on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, Saturday and Sunday, on the weekends, whatever, Christmas, holiday. Your mother-in-law comes over. She can't sleep in there. If she does, it's no longer home office. You do not get the deduction, okay? Uh, you do not get the deduction for uh, that portion of your rent, mortgage, um, thousands and thousands of dollars, okay? So it is exclusively for business. Take a picture of everything in your home office. So if you are ever asked any questions by the IRS, if you have to document anything, you've got proof of what's in there. Have a sign talking about your business. Make sure you've got uh, some marketing material for your business in there. Uh, in my home office, and I have uh, three of them, I have three home offices in my home. One is a, an administrative office. Another is a studio where I record um, everything, um, video, audio, whatever it is. And a, a third space is where I take uh, meetings and I have important uh, business discussions or if someone comes to my home uh, for a business meeting or I'm meeting with a network executive, uh, that, that's where I do that, okay? So 
I want you to uh, remember um, that this space must be used exclusively for business. Business trips. If you are taking a business trip, because what? You want to get your money back. You want to get your money back, okay? Trust me. The amount of work that it takes to learn how to get your money back is nothing compared to the feeling that you have when you get to pay less money, all with the permission of the IRS. This is with the permission. It's with the permission of the IRS, okay? A business trip, you must intend to do business before you go. You cannot take a vacation, go to a reunion, uh, or go and see your boo or your baby or your whatever. You cannot turn that into a business trip after you arrive or when you return home. You must set your intention prior to leaving. I would say even before you book the airline ticket or your hotel or whatever it is, or get in the car and drive, send an email to someone uh, indicating that you are coming to do business, okay? And actually do business when you get there. Um, sometimes it's easy if you're going to a convention or conference, but if you're going to a convention or a conference, you must spend more than half your time doing that thing. But if you go to scout out a new building, or if you go to check out a, a referral partner or have a meeting with a client, you don't have to spend more than half your time. So those are some of the things you get to learn at New Wealth University. The harvest is here and the time is now. KBLA Talk 1580. We've got a lot to talk about. What is the action of the day? The action of the day um, is to take an inventory of your business. What's working? What's not working? Um, are you really making money? Is this frustrating you? Do you want to quit? Uh, are there some people in your business who should no longer be a part of your strategy? Do you need to let someone go? Do you feel sorry for them, their family or their children? I know so many people who know that someone should not be working for them, but you feel sorry for the whoever. Let me tell you something. If you really feel sorry for them, free them. Free them. Because what you're doing right now isn't working. It's not working. Okay? Um, you think that if you let them go, then you're taking money off the food off their table when actually you could actually be freeing them to get the creativity, to get the passion to get the skills that they need to soar. You aren't helping anyone by enabling them. You are not helping anyone by being codependent and you are not helping anyone when you know that you two or three or four, however many people it is, that you're working together is not for the greater good. You're frustrated, you're tired, you're irritated. You don't trust the person. Something is happening and it is not leading you to where you want to go. Let them go. Be a big girl. Be a big boy. Pull your, you know, underwear up. What they say, put your big girl underwear on. That's what they say. That, look, I didn't make it up. That's just what it is. Put them on in that relationship so that you can get to the next level. Okay? Take inventory. If you don't know how to do that, 
go to asklin.org, get the master achievement plan, get, get the master achievement plan, or better yet, join the Entrepreneurs Academy. Here's the word of the day. It's first Chronicles four and ten. Jabez cried out to the God of Israel and said, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. I'm asking you right now to cry out that your territory may be increased. You may be on a job right now that's only paying you $15 an hour and you cannot figure out how you're going to get from forget check to Monday. You can't get from check to the next hour. Okay. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. Pray and then make work and effort towards the progress. The harvest is here. The time is now.